Gonzaga Nation SI, I'm Dan Dickow alongside Adam Morrison talking about uh, last week's previous games, a quick recap and looking ahead to a few different things as well um, this week. So Mo, uh, you were at both games, the Santa Clara home game where I thought they looked very good at times in that 18 point win. Uh, and then you were also on the road for the big time game in Moraga, where unfortunately they let one slip through their fingers. Um, so thanks for joining again, Mo. Well, quick overview, quick thoughts. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, a kind of a, a different week. Obviously, we've done the one home game and the one on the road. We've been on the road. Uh, I think it's about five Saturdays in a row. So it's been kind of a weird year conference wise. Um, but I thought you summed it up well. We played well for the most part against Santa Clara, first half especially, building that lead. Um, and then uh, St. Mary's, you know, tough break down the stretch. I thought we had chances to win that basketball game. We'll, we'll obviously get in the analysis of that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's a different time for Gonzaga to be kind of ones chasing uh, St. Mary's now, so it's going to be interesting to see how our guys respond. Yeah, let's uh, talk real quick about that Uh Santa Clara home game. Um, I thought Anton Watson was unbelievable. He, he's one of those guys that you don't have to run a single play for him. He was eight of eight from the field, 18 points defensively. He did a lot of good things. Um, every team needs a guy like that. What are your thoughts on Anton? Cause I know you've been around Spokane. You probably saw him growing up uh, playing in high school. Um, what are your thoughts about the growth and evolution of him as a player? Well, he's been fantastic this season. He's really, uh, you know, kind of harnessed his scoring role. He's always been a solid defender, a guy that can switch all um, ball screens and, and, and different actions and then guard guard guards on the wing as being a big and, and handle himself um, inside. So I think he's just added the scoring punch that I think we've all known that he's had. I think he's become more selfish in a good way this season. Um, that was always kind of the, the issue with him in years past was – we knew how talented he was and we've seen it in spurts, but he was such a team guy that he would pass up shots and not in a, you know, not in an overly negative way, but it was also like, Hey man, you need to be taking six to eight shots a night um, off, you know, cuts, garbage, swing, swings and stuff like that. And he's starting to do that this year and really uh, harnessing his, his, you know, offensive game. And then him and Drew are obviously have a great friendship and then a great connection on the court. He gets a lot of dump downs. He cuts well from the weak side. So I've been really impressed with this season and hopefully he continues to play well. He's got to play well for us. Yeah, I think he and probably Malachi Smith off the bench are, are kind of those X factors where, um, you know, everybody coming into the game is figuring, okay, Drew Timmy's doing this. Roger Bolton's going to find opportunities. Um, uh, we got to take care of Anton. We we got to make sure we're aware of Anton Watson's cutting ability. If he's around the ball defensively, you got to be prepared uh, to take care of it. So I, I would agree with that. When when you look at that game against Santa Clara and Carlos Stewart got going, um, there's been a number of guards this year that kind of their eyes have opened up. Um, you know, we'll talk about Aiden Mahaney at St. Mary's in a minute, but. Carlos Stewart got going. If if you're making decisions, who are you putting on on a perimeter player right now? Uh, you know, it depends on the matchup. But I thought, you know, if you want to be fair, that Carlos Stewart had a, a really bad game in Santa Clara, so we did a good job on, uh, on it. There. <laughs> yeah, I guess things balance even out. Yeah, yeah. And Keyshawn Justice didn't have a great game against us, and the Pazinski or whatever his name was, fantastic player, was four for 
60 or four for 14 against us. So, I mean, sometimes it's pick your poison, but obviously I think Nolan's done a, a decent job so far. Um, but I think one of the, uh, you know, you mentioned him earlier um, just a second ago. I think Malachi Smith is a better defender that people are getting him credit for. He has a different body type. He's a little bit more, uh, you know, a bigger trunk so he can, you know, push guys around. He's quicker than I, I think he looks. Um, so, you know, I think Malachi is going to get more opportunities. Obviously, Hunter Silas is, is the no-brainer as far as if you want to kind of cause length and, and issues with guys on the perimeter. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle it defensively down the stretch because, you know, you mentioned uh, the Stewart kid and then Mahaney had a, a fantastic game. So there's going to be some, you know, switching or, or some sort of scheme difference that we need to do defensively to guard these, uh, you know, really good scoring, you know, point guards, combo guards. So Aiden Mahaney, he's kind of the talk nationally uh, of the last couple of days uh, for St. Mary's. I had a game LMU at St. Mary's for CBS Sports about a month ago, and I was impressed with him. Um, but as a lot of freshmen, there's had some ups and downs. He struggled in the first probably 28 minutes of that Gonzaga game. Uh, he came alive down the stretch. He made big plays. Um, when When you look at his game and that performance down the stretch from a former great player like yourself, uh, what were you most impressed about? Uh, I think it's just calmness in the moment. He was, he started one for eight. I think he really rushed early on. Um, obviously defensively we were keyed on him. So part of it had to do with our plan, but I think he just, uh, you know, I was impressed with how, like I said, how calm he was. He knew his team needed him in that moment. Um, he had four or five finishes that were pretty good defense. If you really go back and look at the tape, um, you know, so a really good player. I think he's a comp between it's, it's, I was trying to ask people around there about it and they think yourself, they think Kevin Pangos and then like a poor man, Steve Nash. And I think he's kind of a mix of all. Um, so obviously a fantastic player. I, I was impressed with them. Uh, steady Eddie, you know, but that's St. Mary's has had good guards every four years you know what I mean they get a guy that's solid and can make plays and he's no different I think he just adds a little bit more scoring dynamic than they've had in the past you know a lot's been said about uh who guards a player when they get hot and I think one of the things that most fans don't recognize and realize a coaching staff goes in with plan a plan b plan c and you have to kind of mix and match those throughout the game um and I think Gonzaga did a nice job of changing things up throughout the, the course of the game. They didn't give a steady diet of, of, of pick and roll defensive looks uh, matchups. He just made big plays down the stretch. Would you agree with that? Or, or do you kind of hear yeah, fan I, chatter like, Hey, this player should have been on him and all that. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, you could, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback, but it's kind of what we do. But I think the ball screen coverage was a little bit lax there on some of them. Um, we were going to a hard show with a late tag. And, you know, Nolan was having a difficult time to get over the top and get him squared, you know, in front. Um, so then after he scored those three or four in a row, you remember out of the timeout, we went to a blitz and they got ended up getting a wide open three and missed it. And I said on the air, like, hey, we should probably blitz this next uh, series. And you knew you're going to give up something. So we got lucky because Dukas got the three pointer. He's the best three point yeah. shooter, senior at home, blah, blah, blah. So it's a lot of it's pick your poison. Um you know, but there it wasn't just that on the ball screen stuff. I mean, if you look at the overtime or the last play, 
We went on the top side for a steal when we didn't need to. There was two tags that, you know, no offense, but Drew missed that led to layups in overtime. So um, I don't think it's just one player or one, um, you know, scheme. I think just overall we were kind of lax down the stretch defensively, and he exposed that. Yeah, he's uh, he's similar – to you and the fact that he grew up literally three minutes from St. Mary's campus. You grew up about 15 minutes from Gonzaga's campus. So to have success at your home school uh, or hometown school has got to be satisfying, satisfying and rewarding. What was it like for you and what do you imagine it's like for him to have success like that as a freshman? Well, I, I didn't, I wasn't starting and I didn't get the ball in my hands very much when I was a freshman. I mean, I averaged 11 off the bench and played 19 minutes with a, a really good group of seniors and older guys. So his situation is a little bit different, but I think it's different um, because St. Mary's hasn't had a public school kid go there in forever um, in that area. And I think the, um, the hype around him was justified because he was a top 75 Mm-hmm. ESPN. It wasn't like he was just a good local kid that they kind of found. He was legit, had offers from a lot of schools, power fives and and things of that nature. And he chose to stay home. I think the angle was Randy Bennett's son played AU with him growing up. So he had a yeah. relationship. And then obviously he's been able to see, you know, how, how well that program is run and how good they produce, you know, guards of his stature, you know, small guys that are quick but they run high ball screen all day long for you so um it's a no-brainer it's gonna be interesting to see i'm just gonna be frank like what he does after this season if the other teams start calling and i know st mary's is a very good program but somebody's gonna be like hey you need to come to a power five you know what i'm saying (laughs) here's Uh, an nil collective call them and see what your worth is (laughs) yeah no exactly and so hopefully he stays because i think randy bennett's a great coach i love i love their program even though they're right but they do it the right way and you know all that stuff it's it's a different uh respect for them than than some of the other clubs that we play against so um very good player I was really impressed yeah you touched on on kind of the comment I was going to make next was you know I unfortunately I think a lot of Gonzaga fans have animosity or don't like St. Mary's um for whatever reason and it's beyond me because to me they're that perfect complement in the league where they have continued to evolve. They've continued to improve. And they're one of the most undervalued teams in programs, not just the West coast, but I think the country, the fact that they were ranked, uh, I think it was 18 going into this game where Gonzaga was ranked 12th. They're now ranked 15th. Gonzaga is 16 when they're ranked that, but then the analytics, uh, both Ken Palm and, and the net rankings put them at like the top five, top six in the country. I don't think people realize it, but I, I love the fact that you you recognize it um, because they're they're a damn good basketball team. And Randy Bennett's one of the best coaches around. Yeah, no, I, I, he has the highest winning percentage of any or the, the school does of any program in the last 20 years. That's counting UCLA, USC, all the, you know, the Cal schools. Um, so that that's always something that people kind of forget. Um, he does it in a different way. It's a slower style. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but you know, he wins basketball games. They plug and play. It, it, you never feel like they drop off completely. And a lot of schools do, but they never completely fall off the map. You know what I mean? As far as talent. And so he's always puts himself in a position to, you know, on selection Sunday, either get obviously get an automatic bid or be within the running. And now they've understood with strength of schedule. And then the Ken Palm stuff that they're, 
pretty much, you know, a, a NCAA tournament team every year, which is great for the league, great for us. And, um, yeah, it's going to be fun to, to see if we can catch them. They always have a game, though. Let's just be frank, that they lose that they shouldn't have every single year, whether they're ahead of us or behind us, and then it either gives us more breathing room. So they still got a lot of, you know, hay to put you know, put in the barn still. So I think if we can get them to slip up and obviously hold serve, it'll be fun if we can get to that last home game uh, for the league championship. Yeah, if if somebody can knock off them and Gonzaga holds in their end of the bargain up, that is going to be a monumental game. Uh, February twenty fifth is the is the day, so um, you know that will be that will be a great game to be able to be a part of to play it if you're a player to watch it as a fan or call it as a broadcaster. Um, last question on this episode, Mo. Uh, my jersey is going up similar as yours, um, and I don't like to bring it up like that. But the reason I, I bring it up is to ask you this question. Um, because as I prepared to be able to talk that evening, um, you know, I went back and I and I Googled your speech. Uh, I Googled Kelly's speech just to have an idea of how long to talk and, and what to talk about. What was that night like for you? And and how did you prepare your 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 speech? I guess I would say, give me some help here. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. Well deserved. You've Thank known you. that for years, and it's you know, get it out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Now you can relax. And um, that's the biggest thing I think is just uh, go through the people that helped you. You know what I mean? That's as simple as it. That's the way I did it. I went through the people that helped me. I just did it basically an outline form. Obviously you're probably a better public speaker, but I just went outline form and knew that if I was talking about people that really helped me that I cared about, it would come out naturally. Um, they give you like 10, 15 minutes and it's, it's plenty of time. Um, you know what I mean? And, and so, yeah, it's, I was nervous, but it was nice to get it over with. And so it's well-deserved and obviously soak it up. It's great for your kids that your kids are old enough, you know, to understand or to see like, Oh, dad was pretty good. It's the same thing with me. It's like, Oh yeah, actually you could play, you know, so you'll enjoy it. It's fun. You'll be fine. Um, I even swore in mine accidentally and nobody cared. You know what I mean? So uh, it's, it, it's a good time, but I, I get the anxiety. It's natural because you're going to go out in front of people. And I always tell myself, like when you do speeches, if you say us and ums and all that stuff, people really don't care as much as that you think they care. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So mm -hmm. uh, you'll knock it out of the park. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And, and I'll probably watch your speech one more time to just uh, kind of gather some more thoughts. But Mo, great first episode. We'll have another episode coming out this late, later this week where we chat a little bit about uh, USF as well as another battle, maybe the last battle for quite some time against BYU.